0: Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Do you have your Bibles? If you're ready for the Word of God, we're going to be going to the book of Jonah today. And not only to the book of Jonah, but also we'll be going to Matthew. I may quote another scripture or two along the way but most of our message will come from Jonah, Matthew, and then if we have a little time, I may throw Mark in there as well. Those will be easy to find. Well, our story begins with someone who heard from God. Do you know, hearing from God is one thing, but calling upon him is something else. Calling upon the Lord is a responsibility. The first time that we see people calling on the Lord is in the book of Genesis chapter 4 and verse 26. Up until that time it seemed as though that everyone just lived with God. God you know, walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening in the garden and it seems as though that people just continued to, to enjoy the presence of, the God, of, of, of their God and their creator and then when Seth had his son named Enosh, you can read about it again in Genesis 4 and verse 26. The Bible says that then men began to call upon the name of God. It was at that point that people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And ever since then, we have needed It is the necessity of life that we call upon the name of the Lord, especially in times when we need Him, especially in times whenever we recognize around us that He's done something for us. We call upon His name. We praise Him. We lift up our worship to Him, but we also lift up our petitions to Him. Calling upon the name of the Lord is important. We'll talk about that more just a little bit later. But also it's important to realize that sometimes, even when we're not calling upon His name, sometimes God speaks to us, just like He spoke to Jonah. Have you found the book of Jonah yet? Well, today we're going to be talking about the storms of life, and specifically two or three storms in the Bible. The first one, Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But, verse three says, Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, he found a ship going to Tarshish, and he paid the fare. And he went down into that ship to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, we have the picture of Jonah here, and Jesus confirmed this account as well. Uh, But we have this picture of Jonah hearing from God, and God wanted Jonah to do something that Jonah just did not want to do. Many scholars have imagined why Jonah was so against going to Nineveh. But it probably deals with the fact that Jonah just did not want to see those Ninevites forgiven. In fact, later on in the book of Jonah, Jonah's going to say to God, I knew you were going to forgive them. (laughs) You know, we know God will forgive. And Jonah said, basically, I knew... I knew that if I went and gave them a chance, they would repent. And all the things I told them about the destruction was not going to happen. And you would repent and you would love them and you would forgive them. And, you know, evidently Jonah just didn't want that to happen. You know, it's horrible to be in a place where you really don't want someone to get saved or you really would prefer they didn't get forgiven. You know, um, God gave us so much mercy Uh, I wonder why at times it seems that we imagine others don't deserve that same mercy. But Jonah, he decided he would go away from the presence of the Lord. And so in verse 4, the Bible tells us that while Jonah was running from God's presence and running from the will of God, listen to what it said, but the Lord... Sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now, this is the picture: God sent a hurricane. Okay, God sent this hurricane, this this typhoon type of uh, wind out on that Mediterranean sea, and it captured that ship in its clutches, and it was not going to let that ship go. God sent that storm. It's interesting to me to realize that that God had a purpose in this storm you know these men sailing this ship uh, you know uh, they didn't know what was going on they only knew that all of a sudden this storm came up I like the fact that we can always know that when God sends a storm he sends the storm to save it was God's hope that this storm would bring about not only Jonah's repentance and salvation, but also the salvation of those mariners and the salvation of the Ninevites. You see, God sends storms to save. These men tried everything they could, and, uh, but that they realized that, you know, it... It wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to be set free. And so they began to cast lots. They began to try to determine, why is this storm here? And and the lot fell on Jonah. And Jonah began to tell them, well, I'm a, I'm a servant of Jehovah God, and, and I'm running from God, and that's why the storm is here. And the Bible says these men were exceedingly afraid. And, and uh, they, they, they asked Jonah, why in the world did you do this? You know, because he had told them he was running from God. Verse 11. Then they said to Jonah, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? Wow. What are we going to have to do to you so that we're going to be okay? You know, Jonah, you're endangering our lives. Jonah, you're endangering our our welfare. Jonah, you know, you are trouble for us. What are we going to have to do to you so that we won't... Be in danger all the time so that we won't have this problem. So the sea will be you know, calm for us for the sea was growing more tempestuous. You know, God was getting, you know, this storm. Listen, if God sends a storm, believe me, he's going to win. He's going to win. And the storm was growing more tempestuous. Verse 12. And so Jonah said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Well, you know, even though Jonah gave them the remedy, and they had every reason to believe Jonah, yet they still did not want to do this. You know, these good men, these good mariners, these good sailors, they did not want to harm Jonah. They were looking for any other way. And so the Bible says that they rode even harder. They just kept on and kept on because they did not want to do this. But it finally came to the point to where they cried out to Jonah's God, to Jehovah. And they said, you know, please, we don't know what to do. Don't, you know, uh, is there anything else we can do? Don't charge us with this. But There's nothing left. You know, we all perish or we have to get rid of this guy that's causing the problem. And uh, bless their hearts. They prayed. They did everything they could to keep from throwing Jonah overboard. But alas, verse 15. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased its raging now that had to frighten them just a little bit more that there was such a god in heaven that was superintending the affairs of man in such detail that he knew what was going on and and you know, and, and the bible says that the men in verse 16 that they feared god and they began to offer uh, sacrifices to God and they made vows. I mean, not only did, did did Jonah get thrown overboard, and of course there was a great fish there that swallowed Jonah that God had prepared. And again, that fish was for salvation, not for punishment, it was for salvation. God, uh, Jesus would later say that just like Jonah was in the belly of that fish three days and three nights, so will the man of, Son of Man be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights and then you know, be raised again. This was not only you know, a, a picture of what would happen one day uh, to Jesus as far as being in the tomb, but it's also a picture of God saving not only Jonah, but saving these mariners with a great awakening, and also, as a result, saving the Ninevites. It was all because of a storm that God sent. It's a sad day, however, when the only way to stop a storm... Even a storm God sends. It's a sad day when the only way to stop the storm is to get some person off the boat. But it happens. Fast forward with me from Jonah's life, 850 years farther, and we see Jesus. In the times of Jesus, there was another boat filled with skilled mariners, and they were in the very middle of a storm as well. Only this time, the storm was not sent by god it was sent by the devil you see there's a difference in a storm being sent by god and a storm being sent by the devil jonah was not doing the will of god and god sent a storm to save him here these disciples were in a boat going out across the Sea of Galilee, and a great storm came. It was not from God. It was from the devil. It was to stand in the way of them doing the will of God. God had told them, or Jesus had told them, get in the boat and go to the other side. And they were busy right in the middle of doing God's will, and a storm came up trying to resist them doing the will of God, keeping them from carrying the gospel, the good news from carrying Christ to the land of the Gadarenes, to the land of Gadera. And in verse 22 of Matthew 14, the Bible says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Verse 23 tells us in the last part of that verse, Now when evening came, Jesus was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. What was it contrary to? The wind was contrary to the will of God. And then if we continue reading, the Bible tells us that Jesus spent that evening in prayer. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's about 3 o'clock in the morning. About 3 o'clock in the morning. That means that, that the disciples had been trying to do the will of God all night long. They had been rowing hard, doing everything they could. They, they had spending their energy trying to accomplish what Jesus told them to accomplish. And yet they were in the middle of a storm. And they had been trying this for nine hours so far. Well, Jesus, in the fourth watch, came to them walking on the sea. In verse 32... Uh, The Bible tells us something that happened that reminds me of what happened in the book of Jonah. You see, when Jesus had walked out on the water to go to see them and to help them, they saw Jesus walking on the water and the disciples thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter said, well, if it's really you, ask me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, come. You may remember the story. And Peter gets out and he walks on the water and he goes out to see Jesus. And then Peter begins to sink because he looks at the waves and the wind and the sea and gets his eyes off Jesus, begins to sink. We've talked about that recently. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus lifts him up. And they walked back to the boat together. And the Bible says this in verse 32. And when they, when Jesus and Peter, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, remember Jonah? Now, there was a storm. And the storm was about to sink the ship. And all it took for the storm to cease was to get Jonah out of the boat. Jonah, the Lord sent the storm, get Jonah out of the boat, (laughs) storm stopped. With the disciples, the devil sent the storm, but it didn't stop when Peter got out of the boat. It's not just always get somebody out of the boat. It stopped when Jesus and Peter got back in the boat. One of them, the storm stopped when you got somebody out of the boat and the other one, the storm stopped when somebody got in the boat. In the boat, out of the boat. Which one is it? Perhaps sometimes in life the answer to our problems may be as simple as getting someone out of the boat or getting someone in the boat. Maybe life is no more complicated at times than just deciding who should be in the boat and who should be in charge. But the good news, (laughs) the good news is the good news of salvation Because not only did God send that storm to Jonah to bring salvation, Jesus also came that night walking on the water to bring salvation to the disciples. You see the message of the gospel, whether it's getting someone out of the boat or getting someone in the boat, is a message of salvation. The message that we have, the message that that the church has been given, the message that the family of God has, the message that our church has and the message I have for you today is a message of salvation. Now, how do we get saved? Saved not only saving our soul for the eternity that we will one day step into, but also saving us from the hell of this life. How do we get saved? Whether it's you know, saving a nation like Nineveh, this great city, or perhaps if it's just saving a few people in the boat or, or, or saving just one person by lifting them up out of the storm. How do we get saved? Because the message of God is always a message of salvation, always a message of redemption. If we don't read redemption in every plan and purpose of God, then we're missing the boat. Salvation. Salvation. Well, let me cut to the chase and tell you that sometimes salvation requires that we get that old rebellious nature of ours. That old man that says no to God, that old man that wants our own will, that old man that, that may be stubborn, may be unforgiving, maybe, you know, uh, we, 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 we have our pain and our hurts and our frustrations, our worries, our angers, all that old nature, the resentments, the hurt. Whatever Jonah was carrying, whatever Jonah may represent in that moment, it's important at times that we get the old man off of our boat. My old nature. And realize that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But this old nature. The Bible says, uh, the, the, the apostle Peter was saying this by the holy spirit excuse me the apostle paul by the holy spirit he said i crucify my flesh daily every day i have to deal with this old man every day you have to deal with this old nature and getting this old nature off the boat and sometimes salvation comes by getting jesus and the new man on the boat letting that new man you see when peter began to sink Jesus lifted him up, and that's a picture of salvation. And then Jesus and Peter walked back on the water and got into the boat. You know, salvation didn't stop every storm and every boisterous wind, but, but when they got into the boat, the storm ceased. Getting this new nature firmly established in our life, getting Jesus in our boat can stop the storms that the devil is sending. Do I believe that storms come in life? Yes. And many of them are aimed at our salvation to help us realize that it's better to obey God, running from Him and running from His will. We might run right into a storm, but also It's important to realize that sometimes when we're doing the will of God, living the will of God, yet storms arise. And at that time, it's time to make sure that we have Jesus with us in our boat. You might say, Preacher, I've been saved and following Jesus for a long time. But I am right in the middle of a storm that feels like it's going to tear my ship apart. I'm not sure what I should do. Well, you know, I am. You see, there's a third storm spoken of in the Bible, and you can find it in the book of Mark in chapter 4. And this will work for you just like it did for the disciples. The Bible tells us in Mark 4, verse 35, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. Verse 37, now Jesus is already in this boat, okay? The disciples and Jesus going to do the will of God. And the Bible says in verse 37, a great storm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Jesus is in the boat and yet there's a storm? Yes, sometimes it can be that way. But what did the disciples do? If you'll read that account, you'll find out that they called upon the name of the Lord. They called upon him. You know, they tried everything they could. He was in the boat with them. And Jesus is right there in your boat. If you've been born again, Jesus is in your boat with you. You know, he's there with you today. And what you may need to do, even though the storms are beating, and even though you're trying everything that you can, yet you may need to call upon his name And when they did, the Bible says in verse 39, then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But then Jesus said to them, in verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You see, this time, this third storm came to try and keep Jesus and his followers from bringing deliverance and salvation to people. When God sends a storm, it's sent to save us. When the devil sends a storm, it's sent to destroy us. And storms come to people even when they have Jesus in their boat with them. What did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked the storm and it ceased. And then a second thing Jesus did, Jesus rebuked his disciples for not taking authority over the storm themselves. Let me give us some takeaways from today. The clear picture of these storms of life is that sometimes a storm comes and sometimes it's the devil and sometimes it's God. At times, we are required to get somebody off the boat in order to bring salvation to those that God wants us to bring salvation to. It can be as simple as making sure that our old nature, our old rebellious nature, is no longer sitting on the throne of our life. And sometimes, what we need to do is get the right person on the boat. Sometimes we need to get the wrong person off the boat, and sometimes we need to get the right person, Jesus, and our new man in charge of the helm of our ship. And at other times, we do need to stand up in faith and realize that Jesus is with us. He has given us a great commission. And we can stand in faith and rebuke the storms and rebuke the sickness and rebuke the poverty and rebuke the worry and rebuke the fear and rebuke uh, those things that are coming against us. And we can use the name of Jesus and the storms will respond to our spoken word by faith, just like they did to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Still, however, when all else fails... One of my greatest takeaways, when all else fails, we see what Jonah did in the belly of that fish. We see what Peter did sinking in those waves. And we see what the disciples did on that boat and it about to sink. Every one of them did the same thing. They did the same thing that we read In the fourth chapter of Genesis in verse 26, they called upon the name of the Lord. Today, you can call upon the name of the Lord in the midst of your storms. Without regard as to who sent the storm, why it's here, and why you're in the middle of it, you can call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Romans 10.13 For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you, sir, for saving our souls and securing our eternity in heaven. Lord, I am going to heaven. What shall man do to me? God, it's about those who aren't going today lord help me to focus lord despite all the other screams and all the other voices lord strengthen our church to focus on those lord who do not know you while we feed the sheep help us lord and to care for the needy and to reach the lost God, I pray today, Lord, that you would bless our church and bless our families, Lord, with health and strength, Lord, with, with with increase, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, with favor and grace and wisdom. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would bless us abundantly, and Lord, that you would make us a blessing to accomplish your will, sir, to do what you need us to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I know that God has a plan for your life. And my encouragement to you is to go in peace. Don't go in pieces. God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. Learn the difference.